why do we love these things, the classics? Why do you love them? Because it's not a common thing for us not being from Europe, especially not from Belgium. These guys grow up with this. For us, well, for me anyway, it was a thing I had to learn. I didn't really see it much on TV before I came across. Why did you find yourself, I don't know if you're in love with them, but why did you find yourself going into these classics and what, what is it about these races that you like? Well, it's definitely a love-hate relationship. I guess they're just so, they're just so bloody hard. You know, yeah, racing in small roads and rough roads, cobblestone roads, nothing feels fast about it on the, on the concrete block roads that we, we do race on, plus then you enter into the cobblestones. You want to go fast, you have to be really on a good one. And I guess it's just, I remember my first time I did them, the, the feeling I had afterwards was like, holy shit, these are, these are real bike races. This, these are really, really hard bike races. Why? Just because you go up there and you turn up and you think you're, think you're going pretty good, you know, you've trained pretty hard all winter. Or in our case, we quite often we come off the Tour Down Under and the Sun Tour and the Cadell's Race and had a training camp, got all the new kit. You head up to Belgium, you think you're going pretty good, then all of a sudden you're not. <laughs> you just get processed. Um, it's it's a hard place to start. You're just another number. That's the one thing I found out. Is like you said, you got to train hard. You've got to know as much as you can about the parkour. You've got to really fight. You've got to mentally motivate yourself continually throughout the day. Come on, no, it's where I want to be. Come on, keep moving up. Come on, come on. And to do all that, sometimes you're just another number, and that's a good day to not be spat out by the machine almost exactly if, if you're still in a reasonably sized group coming to coming across the finish line if you make it to the finish line you've had a good day you know um things have gone gone your way you've had some luck you've had obviously had the legs and it's a good sign for things to come G'day guys and welcome to Talking Luft. You just heard from Tom Scully there and that is an episode that I did with him traveling to the opening weekend in Belgium, chatting about the racing at the opening weekend and then traveling back. It's an on the road with Tom Scully. It's a fantastic episode. If you haven't heard that, get across to the Cycling Podcast, listen to that full episode and now you can hear Talking Luft with Tom Scully coming up. So guys, sit back and enjoy this episode. I know you will. Talking Luft with Tom Scully. Alright, here we are. This is Talking Lufts with none other than Thomas Scully. Welcome, mate. Thanks for having me, mate. Let's crack straight into it. Cycling caps, caskets, how do you wear yours? Do you wear yours with a brim up, brim down? Do you wear yours backwards? What's your style, mate? Uh, brim up. Brim up in the front for me. Pulled hard down on your head. Yeah, well, this is this is one thing not... Well, only a few people know. I've got a pretty large size head. So the old cycling caps, I love them. But 
the old, as they say, getting luft is a bit of a battle for me. Because the, the caps come one size and it's just too small for my head. So, yeah, it's pulled hard down on my head just so it fits. That's true. I have um, addressed this in a previous podcast that people with pinheads rock the best luft. And unfortunately for you, that is not the case. No, not at all. Um, I love wearing them. For me, it's it's a nice little thing that says cycling only. Um, these wee caps, you know. A lot of people are like, why do you wear those hats? You know, but uh, rainy day, it's it's your best friend. You know, if it's if it's absolutely hosing down out there on the bike, I run it peak down just to keep just to keep that little bit off the glasses lenses, stop the water dripping on the front of my glasses. Well, tell me this then. If you could have raced in the times without helmets, what would you have done? Would you have ridden, Would you have worn a cap? Would you have just let the hair flow in the wind? Would you have worn a headband? Would you have worn a sausage helmet, maybe? What would your style been back in the day? Oh, I would have run in a cap on colder days only, I think. Um, what, forward brim up? Yeah, forward brim up would have, would have been how I would have run it. What about on the hot days? Hot days should have to be cap off, I'm afraid. Let the let the locks flow. So start the stage with the cap just to get things rolling off. Once the neutral kicks off and the attacking goes, just grab it, fling it off to a fan, and then get into racing. Yeah, I'd be flinging it off to a fan and race on. That would be would get serious when the caps come off, you know. Would you potentially put the cap in the back pocket, knowing that the brake would go and you'd have a bit of cap time afterwards? Uh, yeah, for sure. I'll probably have cap time afterwards, but no, nah, no. Nah, I'd um, training days. I'd for sure. If it got too hot, I'd be put cap in the back pocket, save it for later on. But race day should be should be gone to a, a lucky fan. So it'd be almost like a switch. It'd be like neutral zone. Car red car drives away. Immediate cap disposal, or would you wait till the bunch really got its speed up? No, nah, I'd wait because sometimes you know the early the early break just goes and then you've got like 40 minutes maybe of just chill while the early breaks getting its advantage so I'd definitely keep the cap on until it was game time it'd be nothing worse would it you've gone red car rolls off you're like okay game on flick the cap two guys roll off the front you're like shit where's my cap gone yeah it'd be nothing worse <laughs> alright next question all-time favorite kit and all-time favorite team it could be a combination you could go i loved mape i love the mape kit and i love the riders there taffy this is this is actually mine or it could be two separate teams you could go i really love ag2r's brown shorts but i don't love that team i love whatever tell me um I'd have to say my favourite kit was um, Fasa Bordolo. I had uh, I had a team kit when I was you know under seventeen, and I, I loved it. Um, I got it from my old coach who got me st- one of my old coaches who got me started, and um, I had the winter bib tights like full length bib tights with the chamois in the Fasa Bordolo blue. And then it went into like a it had white riding on the on the legs, and then it went into a blue and white um, you know jacket, 
Pinarello, everything, you know, it was like, it was sick, I loved it. Yeah. I used to run the white um, overshoes, the over socks, when it was cold in the winter. And uh, yeah, that was my favorite kit. Did you have a Pinarello just to top it off? I did, I did. I, <laughs> <laughs> I had a aluminium one, it was blue and yellow, sick paint job. And um, I think I was working in the vineyards um, in the winter school holidays just to save up for it. Of course, Campag. Mate, you felt like a pro back in the day. Mate, I loved it. It was awesome. All right, then, favourite team then? Favourite team? Um, oh. I'm going to go HTC High Road. Like, when they had their lead-out train going. Like, they were just the black, white, and yellow kit, you know? That was just... They used to start their lead-outs from like 3k to go and just go all the way, you know? Nice. Nice one. Alright. Favourite drink? What's your poison? What do you, what's your go-to drink? Could be water, could be coffee, could be, you know, a, a wee ki- kiwi beer. Uh, for me, it's just a... You know, there's been a fair big movement in the old... The craft beers lately. But for me, it, does, it doesn't matter. It's just... As long as it's cold. You know, you get in and it's like, you just need something to quench your thirst. Um, back home in New Zealand, uh, the boys are drinking um, Lion Brown in a can. It's pretty cheap, but it's just perfect for quenching your thirst. What is it? Lion Brown. What is it, just like a standard beer, like a VB? Yeah, just, yeah, probably pretty similar. Um... And yeah, the, the theory is that you can drink as much as you like, you don't get a hangover, but it seems to work with my brother and his brother and his mates more than it does with me. Beautiful. When you're out training, are you a coffee shop guy? Yeah. Actually, it depends what the training mood is. Like if I'm training, training, nah. Sometimes I just punch it out and get it done. But uh, if it's like a day where I just need to just, just ride my bike, yeah, I'm, I'm, and if I've got some good company, well then yeah, for sure I'll take it easy and we'll stop for a coffee and a sandwich and then ride home. And yeah, that's what I was going to say, what do you get when you stop? Do you get a sandwich, you get like a muffin, what's, you, you sweet or savoury? Café con leche and un bocadillo con tortilla en Francesca. Beautiful, mate. What coffee do you drink? And I'm talking about all day. Do you start your day with a black coffee? Are you a cappuccino man? Press the button on the machine, get the mocha pot out. What's your coffee regime for the day? Um, I am an espresso one or two at breakfast time. Wow, straight into it. Yeah, just bang because I've only got this little, uh, it's a hand press espresso machine. Um, Newton Espresso from, from Napier in New Zealand and Napier is where we have the, the Nationals um, I spent a lot of time overseas and these guys making these like hand pressed espressos um, machine, like mechanical pump sort of thing there's no, there's no cords, there's no cables, there's no thing you just top it up with water and then pull down on the lever and punches out a nice espresso obviously you have to have a good grinder to get a good grind but um, you know the Nationals were in Napier for a few years um, it was one thing that sort of connects connects home every morning this 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 
New Zealand made uh, press. So you just have the two espressos and that's it? You shut the day down? Yeah, two espressos and then, oh, sometimes if I've been out for like a nice dinner or something, I'll have a wee espresso just to finish it off after dinner, you know? Lovely. Are you a train with a group or train alone guy? Train alone and probably a lot. Um, back when I was living in Girona, I probably most days or most days that we're both in town, I'd link up with Shane Archibald. I don't know, I just, you know, you go train with a group and it's like, yeah, it's good sometimes. Like certain rides, is, it's good to go on a group ride. If you're doing a big one, it's early in the season, you're just going out for a good fun day with the boys, it's great. But the more guys you got in your group, if you're really trying to train, the more chances are of punches. There's more chances someone else wants to stop for it to go to the toilet. Someone else wants to go this way. Someone else wants to go that way. And then what happens is you find like, yeah, you get a few guys together and all of a sudden your ride for the day, your plan has been hijacked. Someone comes, you invite someone along and then they bring someone else and then someone else, someone else wants to go around this way. But you had envisions and your plan, planning and training of wanting to go that way. What do you do? You, know, you can't just say, sorry boys I'm out I'm going this way well it's a bit like so it's just easy to go yourself sometimes what's your favorite training loop of all time and explain the loop someone out there is going to know where you're talking about for me it's the south coast in New Zealand you head out from Invercargill in an easterly direction um, you roll down to Fort Rose, it's like 30k straight line. If you leave early morning when it's an easterly, it'll be cold, but it'll be blue sky and sunshine, but it'll stay that way all day. Um, the, the, the easterly wind comes like from down direction Dunedin and, and off the coast. And But anyway, at Fort Rose, Fort Rose, you peel right and you go around this like 13k's of gravel and you eventually wind up at Curio Bay. My mate used to have a cafe there after 76 Ks, I could, was the first drink bottle stop. And I'd go on there and he wouldn't even like, he'd punch a coffee into me, he'd punch a carry cake, he'd punch lunch. Like, I think I got white bait patties one day halfway around. Anyway, you, uh, that's like the turning point and then you swing direction in Vicargill um, on the way home. But you can peel off right and go out round the back of Wyndham on the gravel again and then just all the way through to Matara even and then head for Invercargill. How far is that loop? Oh, I don't know the exact kilometres but she's a big day. First first stops after 76k and then you're looking for another one about two or three hours later. Wow, and what's the gravel like? Oh, it's, it's awesome. Yeah, like uh, there's literally two tyre tracks um, on the on the width of the gravel road and uh, it's smooth as smoother than the tarmac actually what's your best bike of all time what's been over your years what's been your favorite bike that you've ridden or what 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 if you maybe it's not even the bike you've ridden what would be your bike if you can just ride it every day after your career or whatever your best bike um, I kept one of my old team bikes from the <coughs> Continental team, Madison Genesis. You know, we had a, a range of steel bikes there that we could race on. And uh, it's a pretty sweet bike, DI2, 
everything. So it's it's tucked up down there in New Zealand in a shipping container, and uh, I'll look, be looking to put that back together. Like I won some races on it, and like this is 2015. We're still using steel bikes, like it's sort of the new modern steels, and. Uh, yeah, there's like there's a generation in the Peloton now who are just uh, running carbon fiber bikes, so it's pretty cool to be running steel. Nice, I like it. I, I know those bikes are sweet. All right, mate, this is a think back. This is war story. This is one of those days that you've just got etched in your mind. One of the days, and we've just come out of the classics, the opening weekend. Could have been, could be from the classics. Could be one of those days we go, whoa remember that day or it could be typically a Giro stage one of those days you just go you know what yeah war story tell us about it well there's many I think 2019 Gent was pretty up there as far as having a super hard day on the bike uh, there was a windy 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 airs and we missed the split um, so we were riding before we even got to the Morin, and the Morin's like this area in Belgium out by the coast, which as soon as the bunch enters there, we come through this village up the up over the bridge, and then it's just like a bunch sprint. You know, we're only 70 k's into the race, and it's just like a bunch sprint for positioning, and then it's just after that it's in five, six, seven groups. So we'd already missed before there, so we were riding into there, and then it all just hell broke loose and crashes and back and forward, and you think, oh, okay, the race is gone, the race is over, but you fight all your way back until you hit the climbs at the Kimmel, and then you left and right and up and down and around there, and for like what seems like another two hours, probably what it is, before you even think about heading to the finish. So that's probably been one of my bigger days on the bike. What happened to you that day? What what was a specific moment that you remember from that day, personally? You know, we were riding, it all exploded. Once we hit the Morin, there's a crash. Peel half the skin off your elbow, um, knee, change bikes, get on another bike, and then it's like, okay, there's still so much time to come back into this race. And then eventually you got there after just I think there was crashes and crashes, so we spent a bit of time on the bumper of the car. And it's like, okay, it's race over. But then it's like, okay, it's not race over. This is wee switch goes in your head. If I can just stay here, and then all of a sudden the director's telling you, it's all right, we're going to come back. And it's like, nah, it's race over. But then that, it's back. He's like, you think you're never going to get there. But somehow you get back there and you go, all right, it's a bit calmer now. We can, we can carry on. So just a, just a super, super hard day. All right, mate, after a day like that, or maybe it's just after a big stage or a big a, a big race, or maybe after a big training ride, what is your cheat meal? What's the, what's the old, you know what? I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna tuck into that tonight. I'm gonna give myself some, I, I'm gonna grab myself a pinky bar maybe and just really tuck into it. What, what, what's your cheat meal? Oh, I probably, um, it's a, it's a bit of a weird thing, but you know, you do the race, you boost it to the airport, you get on the plane, you fly for two hours, you boost it in the taxi back to wherever you're living, or you drive up to wherever you're living. You know, a lot of these times the flight's not landing till like 
11.30 midnight, then you still got another hour and a half. It's like one until two in the morning when you actually get in the door after a five hour bike race in another country. So it's like, well, if I remember, <laughs> I have like a box of chocolate chocolate cereal there, like, um, or like a granola with chocolate in it. And it'll be just like two in the morning, I'll just be having some cereal. And just, I need just need 20 minutes to sit down before going off to sleep. You know, it's two in the morning, but I call my parents back in New Zealand because they're at two in the afternoon. Yep, just how's it going? This, this is all the race today. We got back home tonight, and but probably eat more of that chocolate cereal than I need to. <laughs> I love it. The chocolate, the chocolate cruisley. I had some this morning, actually. It's beautiful. All right, mate. Tell me what you love about riding a bike. What is it that you love about riding a bike? What I love is that anyone can do it. And yeah, I know, like we're professionals and we race all these kilometers and these long hard stages and do all these things but if we, we really want to we can ride at anyone's speed so we can ride with anyone we want to so it doesn't matter whether you're a beginner or the other end of the scale you can still have the most the same enjoyment out of riding a bike and you don't have to be going full gas and fast and what's kilo this and big distances that just to enjoy those rides because nine times out of ten the person that you're riding with spending time to ride with are going to get more enjoyment out of it than you you know so uh for me that's that's a cool thing to be able to do sweet mate well thanks for talking loft no worries well i hope you enjoyed that one with tom scully a little extra bit there for him if you haven't heard that episode like i said get across the cycling podcast and listen to that i've just been at strata bianchi this weekend got another episode coming up on the cycling podcast next week so stay tuned for that following that talking loft like always and i want to say thanks a lot to lara behind the scenes who's been getting everything going for me she's really helping me out there making this podcast possible all you guys for listening and all your support as well in your feedback your comments people who are buying the merchandise, people who have bought the kit, even if you haven't done that, just your comments and your feedback. I really love hearing from you all. So guys, thanks a lot. I really do appreciate that. The classics are upon us, so plenty of racing coming up. Cheers, guys.